Father, we, we do thank you, Lord, for loving us. We thank you for, serving, for saving us. God, for putting us in a position, God, where we can honor you and glorify you. And I pray that as we look at this section, Lord, this, this kind of, this is a pretty amazing place in scripture where Paul just pours his heart out for that group of believers, uh, Lord, that are there in Colossae. And, and Lord, I always look at those as a picture of your heart for us. And so as we read through this, I pray that we would understand this is your heart for us in this generation and for us in our lives that, that Lord, you desire for us to be men and women who we fall more in love with you so that we can represent you to this world, so that we can be the example, God, to this generation. So bless this time and again, open up our hearts, open up our minds and let this be just one of those nights where we're so glad we came to church. And we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Even those who were fighting on the way, they're glad they're here. Hey, uh, Paul, as he's writing this, you know, I, I think it might help to try and, try and get our heads around a little bit what was going on in Colossae. So what was happening is there was a group who kind of came in who were starting this whole uh, kind of undertow of the, of the ministry talking about if you just have enough knowledge, you can, you know, be this person who you can begin to unlock spiritual things. Sound familiar? And listen, man, it's, and so later on, by the, by the second and third century, it became known as Gnosticism. It's interesting, some people say Paul in Colossians is writing against Gnosticism, but Gnosticism hasn't been fully developed it's in its infant stage. But the whole idea of the Gnostics come from the Greek word to know, right? And their whole idea is if you are in the know, then you are on a better spiritual plane than those who aren't. And it's, to me, extremely scary when people start doing that. Listen, uh, last night I, I was doing the uh, 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 school of ministry class and doing eschatology and, and talking a little bit about that. And, and sometimes, listen, sometimes we believe that we have to have a special intellect or a special degree or whatever to understand God's word. No, you don't. God wrote the word, especially the New Testament, is written in the common Greek language of the day, not classical Greek, the common Greek. Why? Because it's for every man to be able to read and understand. And it's the same thing today. Listen, you don't have to have some, and I always say it this way, you don't have to have a special decoder ring to understand the Bible. You don't have to have special glasses. What you do have to have is a heart that's born again, filled by the Spirit to understand God's Word. So Paul, listen, as he's writing to these guys, he's got a heart for them because it's, this whole system is kind of creeping in and they're, they're kind of letting these people or making these people doubt their salvation and doubt that God loves them. And I find that, listen, when people start adding to Jesus, I find in my own life, man, that starts taking away from my salvation. 
And this is just me personally. And listen, here's what I know. When, for a while when I was first born again, I got into the whole legalistic holiness thing. And man, you gotta be holy. And, and here's, I always struggled because I was never holy enough. Although, you know, although you kind of put the pretense out there that you are, I'm so holy. But listen, man, you're never enough and you never know if God's happy with you and you never know if he's pleased with you. And the, kind of the same thing with this whole uh, Gnosticism thing, man. I just don't, if I only knew a little bit more and we strive and we stress and God is telling us this, chill out, let me love you because I love you. Bathe in my love, absorb my love and find out what happens to you because listen, there is, we do need to know the Lord and we do need to have that knowledge but what we're gonna find out tonight in Paul's prayer is we don't have to strain for it, we don't have to do it, it should be something that comes natural as we're born again in a relationship with him. So Paul's kind of done his introduction, talked to them a little bit, told them who he was and, and went through but he, then he talked about, I heard of your faith and, he's, and he kind of focused on that. He heard, who'd he hear from? Remember we talked about it, Epaphras, the pastor who was there, went to Paul in prison. Remember, Paul's in prison, and Paul got word of that. So here's what he says then in verse nine when he says, for this reason, listen, for what reason? For the reason that I heard about your faith and your desire to walk with God, right? He knows they have a desire, but he also knows from Epaphras, these other guys are sneaking in, trying to muck things up and mess things up. And listen, as a pastor, you always get upset, man. When people, and I know sometimes people get upset with us, they'll, they'll come in and they'll say, hey, can I get this book? And we'll say, not here. And they'll say, why? And we'll say, because it's not a good book for you to read. And people say, are you censoring what I can read? And here's what we, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, why? Because, hey, if you want to go get it, you can get it someplace else, but we're not going to sell it in our bookstore if it's not going to be healthy for your relationship with Jesus. So, yeah, we are going to censor because we can. <laughs> and because we care. So Paul, listen, now here's the prayer. Here's what Paul says. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Now, think about, think about if you're in Colossae and you're kind of struggling, right? You're kind of struggling with your relationship and you, you, know, you know you want to walk with God, but you have these other people going, man, you know, you got to get a little bit more knowledge. And if you were part of the knowledge group, if you came to our secret meetings and got our secret handshake, then you would be further along. So you're kind of filling out, right? Any of you guys ever feel that way in fellowships? I hope you don't feel that way here. But sometimes people make you feel like you're on the outside looking in. And here's what Paul says. Now imagine if you're that person and you get this letter from Paul. And here's what he says. I never cease praying for you. Oh, oh, really? Paul's praying for me? Yeah. Doesn't always do your heart good when somebody in the fellowship just comes up and says, hey, I'm praying for you. I've been, I've been, I've been praying for you. And, and, but I've got to be really honest. I think it'd be really cool to get a letter from Paul. Hey, hey, Pat, I'm praying for you. Now, I do like to rest in the fact that I know Jesus is on my side, right? And he's, 
make an intercession, but here's what Paul says. We never cease, listen, we never cease to pray for you. How great that is. Now Paul's gonna kind of lay out, listen, Paul didn't just have a generic prayer like, oh, bless, bless, or bless the saints at, at Colossae and take care of them. Listen, listen, he prayed very specific, and I think we need to learn to do that for one another. You can pray, listen, you don't have to have details of people's lives necessarily, but you should pray specific, not, not just some general like, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes when we pray we go, oh Lord, save the whole world. You're kidding. You know, I mean, I get what you're saying, but let's be a little bit more specific. Let's narrow it down a little bit. At least get in your neighborhood, you know, and kind of work there. But listen, Paul gets very specific here, and so here's what he prays. Listen, he says, we never cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now listen, man, as Paul starts getting specific here, here's what he's asking, first of all, and listen carefully that they be filled with knowledge. He doesn't say, I want you to go get knowledge. He says, I don't want you to go find knowledge. What is he praying? That they would be filled with knowledge. What does that imply? That implies that it's gonna come from the outside in. It's not something, listen, I don't think it's something we have to do. I believe God will fill us with knowledge of him as we yield ourselves to him. And as we listen, as he fills us with knowledge and we act on that knowledge, we're gonna talk about this in, in, in a moment here, getting a little bit ahead, but as we act on that knowledge, here's what I found, he gives us more knowledge. It's called the revelation of who he is. And as I act on the things that he gives me, he gives me more. Have you ever found that out with Jesus? Have you ever found out like you act on the love he gives you and you get just a little bit more love? And then you act on that and you get just a little bit more. And here's what Paul says, man. I want you to be filled with that knowledge. Why? I want you to be filled with the knowledge of his will. Do you know God's will? I think it's important, listen, here's what I found in my life. You will never be completely comfortable in your relationship with Jesus Christ till you know you're in his will for your life. Now, we've talked about it, right? We know part of his will. Part of his will is not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Part of his will is to love one another. He's revealed certain things. And here's the thing, if we're not doing those things he's revealed, he's not gonna give us his specific will for our lives. A lot of us, listen, a lot of us ignore what he tells us, and then here's what we do. Well, I wanna know my, what you specifically want me to do, God. And here's what God would say to you. I'm gonna be a prophet. Here's what he would say to you. Start doing what I've shown you and then I will show you more. And you're going, oh, I don't wanna do that. Don't you wanna be filled, listen, with the knowledge of his will? I do. Amen. I wanna know his will, listen. I know, I, know, I know specifically what God has called me to. I believe I'm walking in his will, but I wanna know what his will is today. Today, what is God's will for me? What is God's will for our fellowship? What is God's will for Sierra Vista? What is God's will for Arizona? I wanna know those things. 
I want to know where God, and, and here's the thing, I want to know those things so I can walk in those things and be part of those things. So here's what I love. Listen, he says, I want you to know and, and be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Listen, there's two different words he specifically uses, and wisdom is about collective knowledge, right? Bringing it together, and understanding is the working out of that wisdom you get. Do you know that God didn't save us and doesn't give us knowledge just so we can have big heads and we can sit around and smoke pipes and have tweed jackets and talk about theology why does he fill us with his knowledge so we can do something in our world so we can be the light in the darkness so we can change what's going on we should be change agents in this world in this generation so that's Paul's prayer listen man I, I just think opening this prayer here's what I think I think some of those guys are going yes yes and here's what happens, man. You start meditating on, on just what he said here and what he prayed here. And then verse 10 starts coming alive to you because verse 10 says that you may walk worthy of the Lord. Don't you want to walk worthy of the Lord? Yeah. Hey, why do we have a relationship with him when we don't want to work worthy of him? I want to honor him with my life. I want him to look down and go, there's my boy. I don't want him to look down and go, who brought him? You know, kind of thing. So listen, listen, man. I want to walk worthy. And the only way you're going to walk worthy is you got to back back up to being filled with his knowledge. And how do I get filled with his knowledge? Well, I don't think it's as simple as being a kumquat and just sitting around and humming. I think, you, hey, you're going to be filled with his knowledge as you have a relationship with him. As I'm reading his word, as I'm fellowshipping, as I'm, I'm walking in those things, and then I'm filled with his knowledge, and then I have the wisdom collective of what to do, and then I have the practicality of the understanding of working those things out so that my walk is worthy of the Lord. And then I love this fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of the Lord. Why do you see how we just went in a big circle? Listen, as I do that, I'm gonna be fruitful. I think all of us wanna bear fruit. Like I really, listen, I really, when I think of the fruit of the Spirit and, and I read through the fruit of the Spirit, I think I am so not that, right? And you kind of start thinking, I want that to be more real in my life. I, I want to have that fruit. I want people to go, yeah, he's kind of fun to be around. I don't want people going, don't go around him, man. He's a grouch today. Like, watch out. Or stay away. But listen, he says, man, we're going to walk worthy. And then I love this, man, fully pleasing him. You, have you ever thought in your life that you could fully please God? I believe that's possible. I don't know. I don't know if it's possible to fully please him 24-7, well, when we get our regenerated bodies and, and in heaven. But, you know, listen, but I think we can fully please him. If we couldn't, Paul wouldn't pray that, would he? So he can fully please him. And then, and then again, as he says, listen, fully please him, being fruitful in every good work. As we begin to bear fruit, then we go back to the circle. Listen, as I act on the knowledge he's given me with wisdom and understanding and I'm walking worthy of the Lord and I'm bearing fruit, you know what begins to happen? I get more knowledge and I get more knowledge and understanding and then guess what? 
I have that wisdom and understanding, and then I start to walk in that, and I get more knowledge. And then I walk in that, and here's what that's called, growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Being people who were not just in the same place we were five years ago, or even five minutes ago, for those who were fighting as they came in. Listen, we can kind of fix all that, right? And here's what he's saying, man. He's saying, we're gonna grow, and we should be growing. We should be people who are maturing. We shouldn't be a bunch of Christians who are sitting around, you know, mad at one another, mad at the world, mad about what's going on. We should be changing and growing and becoming more like him. And I love it, so here's what Paul says. That's what I'm praying for you guys. Now here's what I find fascinating. He brought up knowledge and wisdom three times. He brought knowledge, he brought up wisdom, and he brought up knowledge again. Why is he doing that? Again, the word, the Greek word for knowledge is gnosko. But he's bringing it, and he's using it in a different way. He's using this word epigonosco. Epigonosco is this, like knowledge on steroids. And he's, you know, that's the best way to explain it. He goes, I want you to be so crammed full that it's like crazy. Now, what's he combating against? People who act like the knowledge is the end of all. It's not. And they're the people who are acting like they have, they have it together. Don't you love those people? I've got it together. If you were like me, you would have it together. And only for a mere $29.99. <laughs> oh, sorry. So, but listen, listen. Here's what I love. Instead of coming completely against it, here's what Paul does. He takes what they're perverting turns it around and makes it right. Knowledge is good. We shouldn't hate knowledge. We shouldn't be against knowledge. We, sh we shouldn't be against doctrine. Do you know doctrine is what makes us do what we do? Is we have an understanding of doctrine. Listen, all, all of Paul's letters, how do they start out? He gives doctrine and then he gives the way to flesh that out. And he's doing the same thing. So listen, doctrine is okay. And so we do need knowledge so that we can walk worthy of the Lord and so that we can bear fruit, so that we can get more knowledge, so we can walk worthy of the Lord, so we can bear fruit, so we can get more knowledge and we grow. And then he says this, listen, it just gets better and better. And then, and then he says in verse 11, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Woo! How powerful is God? Yeah, is there anything God can't do? I know some people like do stupid things. Don't do stupid things. God's all powerful. And listen to what Paul just prayed because this is so important. He's talking about growing in the knowledge and the understanding of God so that we can have wisdom and understanding on how to walk and how to bear fruit so that we can get more knowledge, so we can walk worthy of the Lord, so we can get more knowledge. And then as we get that knowledge, listen, as that knowledge comes, listen, and that we would be strengthened with all might, not just a little bit of might. Listen, God doesn't want you to face what you're facing kind of almost prepared. He wants you to go full on, right? He wants you to have all the might you need to face whatever you're facing. It could be, we're gonna look in a moment, it could be a temptation, it could be a trial, it could be some circumstance, or how about this? Some person that you just really don't wanna face, but you got to. You gotta get through it, you gotta make it. And so here's what he says, man, I want you to have all power, not just a little bit, 
all power. And I believe, listen, if we're people and we go into a situation and we in our minds realize, I have the power of Almighty God at my disposal, what else do I need? And I can walk in that, and then listen, and then here's what I love, he says, he says, strengthen with all might according to his glorious power. He doesn't say strengthen with all might out of his glorious power. You see, there's a big difference to give according to than give out of. I could give out of my riches, and that's not a great thing. Because if I give out of my riches, if I'm worth $15 billion and I give you a couple hundred, that's giving out of my riches, right? But if I give according to my riches, what does that mean? I'm gonna give you billions because I'm giving according to my wealth. Here's what he's praying, that God would give us his power or this might according to his powerful. Again, all of you guys, a bunch of you over here, it was mainly over here. I'm not sure you guys over here realize, but the guys over here are saying he's all powerful. So we're going with this group. <laughs> you guys need to get a little bit more vocal over here. But listen, he says, he's, if he's all powerful, that's what he's giving us. That might is he giving us. Listen, and not just to show off and not just to do crazy things. And, you know, this is something that kind of bothers me somewhat about, you know, the, what I call the charismania movement, the charismatic, although I believe we're charismatic. But when you get kind of into the, you know, extreme Pentecostalism and, and the extreme charismatic movement is they want to do things for show. Listen, God's not giving you all of this might for show. He's giving you all this might, listen carefully, out of, according to his power, listen, for patience and long-suffering with joy. Oh, oh. I thought it was so I could move mountains and, you know, and, and do some pretty cool miracle tricks and do that. No, here's what he's giving us. He, do you hear what Paul says? That you can have all of his might so that what? So I can be patient? Really? So I can be patient? I, I like, I wasn't counting on that. Although it's hard, isn't it? For some of us, being patient is harder than other things. But here's the thing that I love. As, as Paul uses, you know, and again, here's where original language helps a little bit. When he's talking about patience, he's talking about circumstance, right? Different circumstances. Are you gonna be patient in the circumstance you're in? And it can be a difficult circumstance. It can be, uh, you know, a circumstance that you just even didn't want to get in, that you ended up in. But listen, we have all of God's power to get in the midst of that circumstance, that situation, with patience. Oh. Are you ever, like, walking through your week and something happens that should just rattle? I, maybe it's just me. I, I'm not a patient person. I'm extremely impatient. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't like lines. I don't like, you know, having to wait for things. When If I'm supposed to get something, if you're telling me you're going to give me something, give it to me now. I don't want it in 20 minutes. I want it now. Don't you hate it when you go to the pharmacy and they tell you it's ready and then they go, oh, sorry. Can you walk around the store for 20 minutes? Uh-huh. Because I have God's power in me right now, not to climb through this window and choke you. So yeah, I'm gonna walk through the store with a smile on. Now I know, listen, that's, not, that's a like hashtag first world problem, right? But what about other situations? 
What about, listen, what about the hard things that come in our life? What about the things that kind of blindside us? Maybe it's a health thing. And all of a sudden it comes out of nowhere. Do you know you have God's almighty power to be patient through that thing? To walk through that thing? Oh, and then, and then listen, he says, he says, that it would be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering. You guys know what long suffering is about? It kind of, it's kind of just in the word, long suffering. That's dealing with people. Right? So we have all of his might, this glorious power in dealing with situations and circumstances and things, but we also have it in dealing with those people we just do not want to deal with, we do not want to talk to, we do not want to be around, we don't, and here's what he's saying. Here's what God's telling us. Face it with me. You see, God is giving us the ability, here's what, here's, as I read this prayer, here's what he's saying. You can walk through life miserable, fighting, tense, angry, or you can walk through life in the spirit and allow God's knowledge to give you the ability to deal with situations and deal with people. You know what cracks me up is some people say this, and your pastor never says this, but I hear other pastors say this, ministry's great except for the people. Like, what does that mean? Like, when I check, the people are the ministry, and here's what happens. I think, is people in ministry start counting people instead of understanding that people count. It's not about counting people. It's about understanding people count. And it's about understanding the calling of God that you get the opportunity to pour into people. Now, here's what I love. To get them to be able to be patient and long-suffering in circumstances because God is saying, man, here's what I want for you. So listen, this isn't just Paul praying for the church at Colossae. This is, Paul, this is God's heart for us in our everyday lives as we're walking through things. Now, I don't know about you guys, but, uh, but I just think, yes. Yes. Oh, and then he goes a little bit further. Listen, it gets better and better and better. But you know where you need to start? You need to start in a place where you're yielding to God. And you're allowing him, listen, you're allowing him to change your heart. You're allowing him to come in. You're allowing him to fill you with his knowledge again, not just sitting around like a kumquat and humming. You're somebody who you're, you're seeking after him and, and you're allowing all of that to come in. And it's coming in and listen, now you have that... that understanding and you have that wisdom to walk through walk worthy of God so that you can bear fruit so that you can get knowledge so that you can understand you have the power of God to work through these situations so that listen as he keeps going so that we understand in verse uh, oh first of all the long suffering the patience and long suffering I almost left this part out with joy don't you love that part, man? Don't you love it? Don't, I, I mean, for me, here's my biggest victory, man. When something happens to me that just like tilts my day, right? I'm just like going along and it's just like, and when I can do this, that's fine. And just walk away with a smile. I think, yes, I have victory. And I didn't blow up. Right? So listen, man, we do it with joy, not we're not that person, yeah, I got this stinking patience and long, so I'm putting up with you. 
because that's what God said I had to do. Now you got a big old smile. Yeah, it's okay. I'm thinking of a situation I'm dealing with now, just a, a personal thing, and I'm thinking, man, I got to keep smiling through this. You know, I'm just going to smile all the way through, and I'm just going to keep a smile on my face, and it's going to be okay. One of my favorite sayings is, it is what it is. Robert Farrell hates it when I say that. He goes, would you stop saying that? And I go, yeah, well, Robert, it is what it is. <laughs> stop it. Uh, it is what it is. Right, so listen, man, you get that smile, you get that content, and then he, he says, listen, we do that with joy. How about this, verse 12, giving thanks to the Father. Now, before we read on, listen, man, when was the last time in the midst of a stinky situation or dealing with that person that you in your heart, you're going, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for this situation. Thank you for this circumstance. Thank you that I get to walk through this. Thank you that you're gonna do something good in my life through this because I know this wouldn't come in my life if you didn't have something good for me because this stinks. So thank you, Jesus. Right, with thanksgiving. And you know, something, uh, as, as we read this, something, I think that's important. In my own prayer life, I always start out thanking God. I always start out thanking him. And I know in, 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 in our prayer groups in the men's prayer, we, we start out before we do anything else, we thank the Lord. We thank the Lord for who he is and what he's done and, and doing it. And I think that's important. So listen, here he's saying thanking, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light. Oh, oh, you see, as we begin to understand, as we begin to walk through those things, here's what you understand. First of all, the Father Qualified. Don't you like that? He qualified us. Sometimes you're wanting to purchase something, maybe a home or a car. You got to get qualified, right? And some of us have gone through that, and it's just kind of a pain and working through that. Do you know that God qualified you for heaven? Yes, yes. Listen, you don't qualify yourself because you ain't that good. He qualified, I love that, man. Giving thanks to the Father who qualifies, listen, who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Be partakers of the inheritance. He doesn't say to become partakers. Like right now, we can be part of the inheritance. We can be part of what's going on. We can have the riches of heaven in our life. Listen, I think too many people spend time of they want the things of this world to make them happy. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying we have that, that partakers of, of the inheritance of what we're promised eternally. We can have it right now. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to enjoy God. Do you know that? You don't have to wait. Some people go, oh, I'll just wait till I get to heaven. Well, then my, I always tell them this. How do you know you're going to heaven? They go, don't talk to me that way. You scare me. And well, if, if you're not enjoying God now, what makes you think you're gonna enjoy him after you die? Seriously, hate to put that out there, but listen, we're partakers right now. And I love this, man. God qualified us. We didn't qualify ourselves. We didn't, you know, we didn't meet certain criteria. God met all the criteria. He made us partakers. And I love this, of the inheritance of, the, of, the, uh, of this place, right? Of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Wow, we get to be part of something bigger than us. And you know, there's gonna be a lot of people in heaven. I know some people get a little uptight about that. Really? There's gonna be a lot, oh, there's gonna be a whole bunch of people in heaven. 
I know some people want heaven to be their little clique. Heaven's gonna be huge. And we get to be partakers with the saints of light. We're gonna talk about light in a minute. But God has brought us into this relationship and we need to understand that. And we're part of something bigger than us and we're part of something greater than us and it's him who qualifies us. And listen, it's him who gave us this inheritance of the saints of light. Verse three, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. Oh, you see, there's this thing that's a reality. There is a battle between dark and light. And when he talks about, listen, when he talks about the saints of light, and then he talks about darkness, the darkness he brings up often as a representation of Satan and his cohorts and that world. The light is where God dwells. But it's even greater than that. When he talks about the light, here's what I think he talks about. When he talks about saints of light, I think he's talking about this. There's light in a sense of morality, right? Hey, when you come out in the light, your morality is going to show and it's gonna change when you bring it out in the light. And then there's also the light of intellect. We get more as we, as we follow him and as we take it in. And I think when he's talking about saints of light, I think he's talking about the light of intelligence of growing, knowledge, working with God, and then also morality. And we look at that, and we live in a world that that's not real popular to say right now. But then he, he says, listen, we're part of that, but he's delivered us. Listen carefully. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Do you believe that? Do you believe you're delivered from the power of darkness? Yeah, see, as we walk in that, listen, Satan doesn't have any power over me. I'm not saying Satan's not powerful, I'm saying he doesn't have any power over me. Why? I'm a child of God. Amen. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And so he says, listen, we've been delivered. We did not deliver ourselves. God has delivered us. Once we get this understanding of how great God is, it's gonna change how we relate to him. So he's delivered us from the power of darkness. And then, listen, then he says this, he's delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Yes. He took us out of darkness. And, and I love this, this wording, you know, here, here he says, says, and he conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. And when he's talking about the conveying, the whole word picture there is like this. Back in, back in the first century and prior to that, when they would fight a war and they would win the war, they would take all of those people that they beat and they would take them and they would take them into their kingdom, right? And they would bring them in and take them out of one kingdom and bring them into another kingdom. Here's what he just said. God grabbed a hold of us. I don't know if you know this, before you were saved, you were an enemy of God. I don't know how many people understand that, but you were. And if you don't think you were, you're, I'm gonna just tell you, you are. So he takes the enemy, he defeats the enemy, and he scoops us up, and he takes us out of that kingdom that we were part of, and he conveys us in, is this good? Into the kingdom of his son. And now we're part of a different kingdom. We have a whole different king. We have a whole different worldview. We have a whole different life. 
This is what Paul is praying. Listen, here's what I'm thinking. These guys here, man, they're going, woo, because of the Gnosticism. Gnosticism is about knowledge and about light and dark. And man, Paul is playing on all of those. Listen, he's touching all of those. And here's what he's letting them know. Those guys have perverted what the reality is. The reality is this. You've been taken out of darkness and you've been placed in the light. Hallelujah. And then he, here's the cherry on top. Here's the best part. This is a long prayer just to get to this part. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Yes, yes. I love the way that's worded and it kind of bothers me. The New King James and the King James have that part uh, that in whom we have redemption and it has through his blood. If you have a, a New King James, there's a little asterisk, you read the footnote and it said this is not found in some manuscripts. That's good news, right? It's by the blood of Jesus that I'm cleansed. It's by the blood of Jesus that I'm redeemed. Don't take the blood out of, listen, don't take the blood out of salvation. You, t- you get a bloodless salvation, you got, you got just like religion going on. It's his blood that was shed and his blood redeemed us. He purchased us. Now here's what, here's what sort of blew my mind. I was reading some pretty good commentaries And they got into this whole thing. Well, who did Jesus pay for our souls? And I'm thinking, I gotta be honest with you. I'm thinking, duh. In my mind, and maybe some of you are going, yeah, who did he pay with his blood? Who did he pay? And and here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that's kind of, to me, that's almost like Christianity 101. What did our sin earn? The wrath of God. And what did Jesus do? He took the wrath of God for our sin. His blood, his payment was to God, not to the devil. Whenever I hear people go, well, did he pay the devil? No, he didn't pay the devil. God doesn't owe the devil nothing. Listen, he bought us with his blood, paying for our sin so you and I can be cleansed and purified. And that was given to the, you know, in a sense, to the Lord for our sins. That's who he paid for our sins. Now, I know, listen, some people go, I don't even like all that. That theology is just too messy. It's just too yucky. It's kind of bleh. No, it should be. It should be horrendous. Because that's what your sin costs. You see, don't try and whitewash your sin. Don't, don't try and say, oh, my sin's just a mistake. No, your sin is sin. And it's sin against a holy God. And it's sin against a righteous God. And the only way that sin can ever be completely taken away is by the blood of Jesus Christ and him taking what you deserve, what I deserve upon himself. Today's Yom Kippur, did you know that? Big celebration in Israel, right? This is it for them. This is the day of atonement. This is the day where they, they, but here's the thing. The day of atonement is just celebrating something covering sin. Our sin's not covered. It is gone. 
It is purchased. Listen, and that's what he's saying here. Listen, as he says this, he says we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. In all of that terminology, it's this. Our sins are gone. Don't you love the saying our sins are gone as far as the east is from the west in Psalms? Because we understand something, right? Do you understand if you start going east, you never go west, right? You always go east no matter how many times you go around the globe. But if you start going north, what happens? Eventually you go south. So he didn't say as far as the north is from the south because they meet, but east and west never meets. And he says they're gone forever. They're never coming back. And that's the thing. So here's what Paul's prayer is. I'm gonna sum it up like this. Let's grow up. Man, let's be people who, here's we have an understanding. God has given me knowledge. And as I read his word, listen, as you sit and you have your quiet time and you read his word, and it starts, listen, it starts going into you. And then you start acting on that. And you allow that, listen, you allow that wisdom that you're gaining, that, that knowledge and wisdom. And then you begin to get understanding, you begin to act on that. And then you start walking worthy. Hey, none of us, are, as I said, are gonna walk perfect. You just start walking worthy. And then as you walk worthy, you're gonna start bearing fruit. And then as you bear fruit, here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna open up your word again. You're gonna, woo, yeah. And you're gonna read some more of your word. And then you're just gonna keep growing. And then all of a sudden, you're gonna go, and I am saved, yes. If you begin to doubt your salvation, and I understand things happen in our lives that we can come to those places. I always tell people this. I learned this from a, I think he's an old guy, but not dead guy. He's an old, alive guy. And he said this, he says, man, if you ever have doubt, just go to the cross. If you go to the cross and you begin, and you might even need to, listen, you might even need to just go back to creation. You might even need to go back to this question. If you doubt, ask yourself this, is there a God? That's kind of, to me, a duh, right? So here's the thing, is there a God? And if you're, if you're a believer of any kind, yeah, there's a God. Yeah, I got that. Well, if there's a God, can I know him? How can you know God? Well, by his word, but how can I really kind of get to know him a little better? By his son. And then I go to the cross. And then I begin to understand something. Man, as I look at the cross, here's what I understand. God loves me unconditionally. He died for my sin. And I've been bought and I've been paid for and I belong to him and now I'm in his kingdom, yes. And then you work through that doubt, you get a little bit stronger. Then you get a little bit more knowledge and then you get some walking worthy, right? You kind of get in our cycle we're going through and you just keep doing that and then we start growing and growing and growing and growing and, and not, I, I don't know why I'm doing it like this, like we're gonna get really fat. But you know, we keep doing that and it's gonna be really good. Because we belong to him. You see, this last part, Paul's not letting them know this is what happens from knowledge. But here's what he's letting them know. Once you let that sink into your heart, that you belong to him, that he bought you, he purchased you, he paid for you, and you're part of his kingdom, then you want to get back into the knowledge. Don't you want to know somebody who's done all of that for you? I do. So there's a great prayer. Next time you're down, read Colossians 1, 9 through 14. And just kind of meditate on it and find out who you are. Let's stand up and pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. And, and God, thank you that you, you challenge us with, with your word. 
And I just think about what we've read tonight. And Lord, I thank you that we don't have to be people who have certain degrees or a certain IQ to come to you that, Lord, all can come. All can come and have a relationship and have an understanding. And I praise you for that. And I pray for myself. I pray for my brothers and sisters standing with me that tonight as we look at this and and as we begin to, to understand it, that we would be men and women who, Lord, we're committed to know you more. We're committed to understanding your will for our day, day by day by day that we would want to know what we're supposed to do, where we're supposed to go, who we're supposed to talk to, who we're not supposed to talk to. Lord, just give us that, that, that light for our path. Be glorified in our lives. And I thank you for, for Paul just kind of in some ways praying for us, some ways challenging us, and other ways, man, just pushing us out there to walk with you. And I pray again, that we could glorify you in this generation. As we see things going on that we don't like, that we maybe don't agree with, I pray, God, that you would use us as change agents, not complain agents, and that we could be the light in the darkness. And I'm gonna ask you to stay in an attitude of prayer for a couple more minutes. And if you've come here tonight and you do not have a relationship with Jesus, as I talked about that relationship and knowing him, and if you're sitting there and you're going, man, I don't know him, I, I, don't, I don't even, I, I know about him, but I don't know him, then you know what? Tonight's the night of salvation. Give your heart to Jesus right now. Open up your heart and ask him to come in. Ask him to guide you and direct you. But the first step is also letting him know that you need to be saved from your sin, that you need to be brought from darkness to light, And as we said, he went to the cross to pay that. So if you want that reality tonight, I'm gonna say a prayer and I'm gonna invite you to say this prayer with me. You can say it out loud, you can say it silently. If you're watching online, you can say it right where you're at, you don't have to be here. You can say that prayer there and and then let us know. We'll put a text number up and you can let us know you said the prayer. If you're backslidden, man, please tonight, let tonight be the night you come home. Come back to Jesus, call on his name, and you will be saved. And come home, and he loves you, and he cares for you. So say this prayer with me. Jesus, tonight I confess to you that I am a sinner. I'm sorry, God, that I sinned against you. And right now I'm asking you to forgive me. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. Thank you tonight for your forgiveness. And right now, I'm asking you to come into my heart and change me. Jesus, I want you to come into my life and guide me. I'm asking you tonight to be my Lord and my Savior.